Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. Hello, Katie. How's it going, Jim? Oh my gosh, it's great. What a great week it's been. I'll tell you what, I feel like we were just here doing the last one. I know. Doesn't it feel like it's last week right now? It's like a deja vu situation. But didn't we say something about time being a That's construct? That's right. <laughs> People say time is relative, and I'm always like, which relative? Oh, my that, God. Great point. Because <laughs> if it's that one brother-in-law, I'm not interested. Not home. Sorry about it. Yeah. So... This week, for episode three, I thought we would flip the script and I would grill you, Mr. Jim. Oh, that's that's right. I forgot. I'm in the hot seat. That's Ah. right. So, Jim. Yay! What is a divine hand, Jim? (laughs) (laughs) I know that might sound like a loaded question. (laughs) I feel like that needs to be on a Discovery special. The North American divine hand, Jim, lives a lifestyle. (laughs) We see him. Hosting the Meta Mystic here on Tuesday. Again. <laughs> it seems to be his, his routine. In his natural <laughs> habitat. That's right. The internet. Yeah. Of the internet. That's right. You're uh, hilarious. Oh, well. So how did your uh, your whole exploration into the magical realm come to be that Began. you uh, you even thought up uh, James Divine? Yeah. Well, James Devine is a later iteration of, and like an evolution of who I've been Mm. for a long time. So as a pseudonym, James Devine is, okay, so where that came from directly was, I have a really good friend and business coach, and she was talking about how Beyonce, you know Beyonce? I am familiar. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, (laughs) of course. Beyonce has a character. She has a persona Mm. that she channels when she goes on stage. Are you familiar with this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this persona has a name called Sasha Fierce, right? right. And so there's this idea that, you know, who I am as Jim Barker is this guy. I mean, awesome guy, but just, you know, this guy, Mm. right? But when I'm in on stage, people notice that I'm a, you know, I bring the energy and I bring the fun and I bring the vibe when I'm on stage teach or when I'm teaching or when I'm facilitating or when I'm on camera. So I thought, you know, I really want to give that persona a name. I really want to have him be like who I'm able to be out in public and sort of infuse that avatar with a magical sort of like way of being and so that I can just be like fully so fully like released of my whatever you know Jim Barker's dealing with and just be James Devine right I love that I had thought and it's hard it's a little funny because I am a really authentic person and I'm like is this inauthentic of me to use a pseudonym and every time I ask people like good friends and even people sort of out there like what do you think about that name James Divine and people are like I love it it's mm. so like makes sense to me and fitting so I'm I think you feel that way too yeah absolutely 
That's cool. So I'm like, okay, it's no secret that James Devine is really Jim Barker's pseudonym. I don't mind that people know both. I think it's cool. Oh, you Clark Kented yourself. Ah. I Clark Kented myself because <laughs> it isn't like that, right? Like, right. you know, um, but it's super fun to just like have this uh, sort of drag name, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah your superhero name. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I find it really fun. That wasn't really answering your original question, though, which is like, my where do I come from, and how does how? Well, did that's it get where the started? name comes from. That works, yeah. That's true. Yeah. The, originally, like, I have a whole story about which a true story about how I discovered palmistry. Because mm -hmm. um, that's how you got into the magical realm initially was palmistry, right? You know, those are a little bit different. You asked the question of how I got into the magical realm, and it's slightly different than palmistry. Mm. It, yeah. Meaning how I got into the spiritual realm is more of an umbrella than how I get into palmistry. Uh, and I think palmistry is an expression of my spiritual explorations, not the other way around. Ah, uh, yeah, I get that. That's how I feel with tarot now that you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's like one expression. It's the one of the tools that I use to express something bigger. Yeah. So the umbrella story is I was fortunate to be raised in a very devoutly Catholic household. Mm -hmm. Now I know most magical people wouldn't say that that was fortunate. And in my case, um, there was a lot of times when it was very restrictive and when my parents were um, maybe unduly frightened of things that they didn't need to be frightened of because of the satanic panic from the seventies. I remember right. getting caught up in those conversations about actually about the satanic panic and my hmm. parents worried about everything being Satanism. Interesting. So I was a, you know, recipient of that information as a child. Um, being in a very uh, like devout Catholic upbringing, let me just be clear. My parents have and had a very devout, I'm sorry, not devout. That's the wrong implication. A very deep and personal relationship hmm. with their spiritual expression. They used and use their belief and their faith to better love others. They have the religion as a foundation, as a structure, so that they have like a foundation and a lattice work upon which to grow and to blossom and to be the best people they can be. Mm, nothing and like that. because they found great meaning mm. in Catholicism, you know, that's how my mom was raised anyway. My dad converted to it. Um, he, they found great meaning in it and it was really beautiful, you know? So as a kid, I guess I should also say my parents are very loving. They're unconditionally loving. That's great. You know, when they meet you, they mm. will be like, oh, I love Katie. She's no. just so brilliant. They're those parents who are just like totally in love with you. Oh, right? just always because on they, your side. Yeah, they see the they see the amazing things about you. Oh, right. That's great. They're fabulous, enlightened human beings that I um, apparently my spirit chose as parents. So that's right. <laughs> good job, Jim. Good yes. job. Good job, past life, Jim. You did a good job choosing your parents this time. Heck yeah. Um, so, so that I think it's important to have that background because in that context, my experience of the divine of God mm -hmm. was one of a benevolent 
loving, unconditionally loving, always on your side. Yes, still an old man within in a in a throne with a white beard. <laughs> um but still a very benevolent kind old man in a throne with a beard. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to the fire and brimstone type yeah. of divine Fear that people experience. Oppressive, yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. right. A little different. Um and then Christ in my upbringing was this amazing radical hippie who was out to upend the status quo. And so we really mm-hmm. saw him. I think my parents were not, my parents were not hippies, um, but they were very much, I think, influenced by the sort of 1970s transformation of Christ being a little more of a radical yeah. and a little more of a like, you know, and so this idea of this independent sort of personal connection with the divine, this personal connection with God. And so those things really informed me and my faith as a kid. Hmm. And so I really felt the presence of God all the time when I was, you know, I grew up in the Sonoran desert of Southern Arizona Hmm. and really found, you know, the divine expression in nature and in the skies and in the stars and knew that God and Jesus was there with me all the time and had a personal sort of connection and would just talk to God all the time. Hmm. So this was like the underpinnings. And then Catholicism has a lot of ritual. Yes. A lot of saints Mm -hmm. and a lot of patron saints. Right. So, and, and it's interesting that as I'm interviewing other mystical people on my meet a mystic show on Instagram, Right. Every Tuesday at 11. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry for the shameless plug. 11 a.m., by the way, Pacific. <laughs> Pacific time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there's this interesting thing around like how many folks were Catholic. <clears throat> yeah. Or certainly how many folks came from also restrictive, you know, evangelical even sort of, you know, religions. And I wonder how much of that then was implanted around this deep connection to spirituality. Because Mm -hmm. when I grew up and came out, realized that I was gay when I was 19, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this religion, and and don't get me wrong, I had a really amazingly positive gay experience in the Catholic church Mm -hmm. where my priest was really really affirming and awesome. But the religion itself couldn't contain what I was starting to believe or understand about the divine. Yeah. And so this sort of divine presence that went way beyond the Trinity, way beyond Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, I started to realize, where's the feminine in mm. the divine? Where's the sexual in the divine? Because the 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 God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are not... There's, it's they're sanitized of their sexuality or their sexual expression, right? Right. It's yeah. seen as like, you know, where's the homosexuality? Where do you see that deified? You know, I don't see myself. I see myself as a white man, mm. as a cis white man. I see myself expressed in Catholicism, but women aren't seen. You don't see that in the in the God of the Catholics, right? And right. I don't see you know queer people expressed trans people expressed in i'm not trans but those folks also there's lots of ways of being as a human if we're made in god's image i don't see that that image is reflected in god and so i started to have this realization that catholicism can't seem to contain all of what i'm starting to understand about the divine yeah it was a bigger picture 
There's a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Yep. So for a long time, then I was just sort of woo woo, if you will, mm-hmm. like not spiritual, not religious. If mm-hmm. you, probably a ton of people on who are listening can identify with spiritual, not religious. Absolutely. I sure can. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it was in 1998 that I met my, I met this guy and on the internet, the internet was new back then, by the way. Oh, oh. and dial up. Hello. Dial. It was dial up. Yeah. You're that was really good. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. Well, the internet was new and mm-hmm. I met this guy on the, on an online ad and he responded like I filled out this whole profile and he responded back. Why'd you put other in religion? Cause I had mm-hmm. filled out this profile and I had said under religion, other, we'll talk about it later. So he's, he asked that question. I'm like, Oh, finally an interesting yeah, question. Yeah. As opposed to what they normally ask you. Um, what do you do for work? Mm-hmm. Or how big is your, you know what, or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause it's gay men. <laughs> right, right. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> So I was like, oh, an intelligent question. So I answered back that I believed, you know, that, you know, God was an energy and it was in everything. And I don't know, blah, 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 whatever. And he wrote back this two page email about, you know, about how he's high priest of a witch's covenant, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> that sounds so interesting. Yes. So, of course, I was like fascinated. And, you know, we met up and. You know, that was 1998 is how many years ago? It's 2021. Oh, my God. A couple. That's a Jeez. long ass time. I have to do math on the on a podcast while people are listening. No. Nah. A long ass time ago. Yeah. So over 20 years ago, right? Yes. And it was like my introduction to a more formalized magical practice with a witch tradition. Mm. And I've been in that tradition since the same i mean that same year we met in the summer and that autumn i was going to you know moon rituals and now i'm high priest in the in the tradition Hmm. so that was really like the brief sort of overview of jim as magical human right? right yeah and yeah i don't know so what about like the his sort of witch coven community, like his particular expertise that that really piqued your interest and got you into it? Because it seems like you, you know, kind of really rang true with it and got in pretty quick, huh? At first, I was like, this is probably devil worship because <laughs> I didn't know anything. <laughs> sure, yeah. I was afraid of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really wasn't sure what they were all about. They They were all interesting and cool people some of them more interesting than cool but basically all fascinating humans who are in this group um i had heard about this idea of wicca or whatever Mm. in high school i was lucky enough in my catholic high school even to have sort of heard the term or been generally familiar with like there's some people who practice something called wicca which is probably devil worship i don't know but you know is i i think i knew enough at that time that it was sort of a nature religion and even though that was in the 80s which is kind of amazing that i Mm. knew that at the time so when 10 years later you know um in late 90s i am introduced to someone who's a witch it wasn't like i was like i was fascinated i was like 
that sounds interesting. Mm. Um, and I just wanted to learn more. Well, it was also interesting because duh, I'm dating this super awesome guy who I'm like majorly into. Yeah. And I love whatever you love. <laughs> I love whatever you like. But yeah, right. here's the here's the interesting thing. And it's interesting because Richard and I had this conversation. My husband, Richard, and I had this conversation just last night hmm. where he said how hard it would be to have a partner and no, no shade on anyone whose partner doesn't share this, but the, the ease in which, and the connection in which we share spirituality, especially since we are both spiritual leaders in our, in our group sure. and that he himself was high priest of that coven. When I met him, hmm. that it's so important to have it for him since like, you know, if you if you're married to a pastor and you don't share that religious belief, that's might be difficult because I yeah. mean you could have conversations about it, but like it's so much a part of our lives. Yeah. It's right. Like your whole thinking system is affected by it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So it so at the time I think it was important for him. He was really testing at that time to say, to try to figure out what's what he told me later is he was making, like, he didn't want to date somebody who wasn't willing to entertain, you know, being a, a witch along with him. Sure. And he, he had had that experience before and it was like, mm, not so great. So was I, even though I wasn't already a witch, was I open to it and what would it look like? So when he brought me to a moon, um, you know, and I found it meaningful. I found it really amazing. And I have continued to find it amazing. Mm. This is a spiritual practice where our bodies are not different from our spirit, where our embodiment of the experience of the world is spiritual. Yeah. And we have been socialized so hard to kill our spirit. We have to. You're not yeah. going to work in an industrial factory if you're if you have a spirit. We have to break the horse yeah. and we have to break the humans. And so what is school? School is, you know, is horse breaking for humans. 12 right. years of brainwashing. It's brainwashing. Yeah. 12 plus college, right? Mm, yeah, good point. So that is all sort of to break out and so we don't acknowledge the existence of spirit except in very particular uh, circumstances. Hmm. We don't acknowledge that even in, even in Christianity, we don't acknowledge you're not allowed to bring that to work or acknowledge that it's real. Now I'm all about religious freedom, mm -hmm. which is really excellent, but it's also like there's intuition there. Spirituality is a, is often a human trait Yeah, in whatever ways. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, I forget where I was going with that tangent, but. Well, that's all right. Wrote me I, back in. I agree. Um, it is a spiritual experience that we're living through our flesh suits. I mean, even knitting has similar um, correlations with that as well. Um, you know, it's it's a great thing to have someone to knit with. I mean, I also have my roommate who is a knitter, and it's like going from being by myself, you know, it's something that you do. You don't really think about it to then having someone to do it with. It's like, it brings more energy to 
to the topic, whatever it is, you know. Um, and it, it's just more fun to do together as people. I think we're supposed to be together. So I'm glad you're going to start a him. knit coven. You're going to ah, start a knitting coven. That's right. Yeah. The uh, virtual knitting coven, knitting ourselves together. Join me. Join the knitting coven. That's right. Oh my God. Cast you're going to get. You're going to get emails after this episode asking people to join the Knitting Coven. Yeah, how do I join the Knitting Coven? <laughs> That's right. Not On yet. Zoom every week. Oh That's right, kid. yeah. I'm <laughs> Maybe. kidding. Maybe. Maybe one day. Yeah. So, um, well, that's great. So, um, so Palmistry came second. Oh, so in this same <laughs> and time. spirituality. So, mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. in this same time, probably concurrent, but way, way back, back way up to when I'm 11 years old. So mm. this is me still very Catholic. I'm only 11, right? Yeah. Very much in line with my parents. Um, I discover, now my dad's side of the family was very um, leave it to beaver type of, I mean, is that a dated thing? Very classic <laughs> American nuclear family, 1950s family. Mm-hmm. Well, very, you know, very financially well off. Uh, with a nice big house in a beautiful suburb Mm. in Cleveland, Ohio. Right. So there's this gorgeous, like four acre, you know, Mm. uh, a house on four acres in a suburb. I mean, picturesque. it's picturesque. You ride Mm. bikes down the tree lane streets and there's, you know, I grew up in the Sonoran desert and there, there, if you want grass, it has to be watered every day. Right. And twice a day. Mm. In Ohio, all you have to do is is mow whatever's there and you have grass, right? That's so it's right. really funny. Anyway, so it's this beautiful setting. And so we go back and visit. Um, and I wasn't really encouraged to go into the attic, which was accessible through a door in the bedroom uh, where we were staying. But I did. And in there were all kinds of cool treasures and things hidden in boxes and whatever. And somewhere yes. I found a little pamphlet that said, your future's in your palms. Hmm. or your future's in your hands or something. Mm-hmm. I wish, I so wish I still had that little pamphlet. Oh. Anyway, so um, I read it and then I was like, ooh, this is cool. And I read my brother's palm. And my brother then immediately, like next time we saw mom said, mom, Jim read my palms. Oh. And my mom snap pointed she has this killer ability to snap very very loudly and point what oh don't do that it's devil worship remember oh, totally the satanic syndrome. panic that's right i was 11 so that would have been 1970 wait 71 81 1982 right oh my goodness so good way year. back it was a good year. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't. So then I was mortified. And I never, that. I never did palmistry again. Right. Oh, no. Until I was 16, I started to rebel. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And I was super like, oh, I could do this thing. So there's this bohemian coffee shop that in my hometown yes. near the university area that um, was in a little like there's all these little tiny like houses around mm. a courtyard of, uh, and in Spanish they're called casitas. Right. Yeah. And in the back there's the larger house, which is usually the landlord. Mm. Um, and so the larger house was converted into a cafe, uh, this bohemian cafe. And then the little casitas were like different businesses 
around mm. this fountain and this courtyard, right? And so there was like an insurance agency and there was like clothing stores and, you know, whatever, an art gallery. So they were all little tiny, you know, casitas, mm. but serving as like retail shops now. Cute. And each of them had a little porch because they used to be houses. Oh. And so these little porticos in the evenings when the businesses would close, but the cafe was still open, people would busk or they would play music or whatever on this inside these little porticos right so i just made a sign i made it up i was kind of i'm kind of artistic and so i made a palmistry sign and sat down in the little portico of one of the casitas every so often not very often but once in a while and i would just do palmistry for tips ah i love that how many people did you get i don't know every so often and every time someone would come up to me and I'd read their palm, mm. they were like, wow, that's mm. amazing. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm 16. Can you imagine getting your palm read by a 16-year-old who just has their license and is like out on the... Probably not. <laughs> yeah. It's this kid, right? But, but, you know, maybe if he had that look, you know, yeah. certain in... something in his eye. Yeah. yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of cute, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, it was an amazing experience because, and then I would read palm, like people would say, oh yeah, Jim's a palm reader. And then everyone would show me their palms and I would read, yeah. you know, don't, don't, if people do, I always tell people, don't tell people I'm a palm reader at this party. Cause I will, <laughs> now I'm not I'm here like, to work. You're welcome to book an appointment. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not but, here as the guest or I'm here as the guest, not the entertainment. Yeah. But it's kind of a dick move when you're like, you know, just getting started as a kid. Right. So I would just do it or I'd do it at the bar and get free drinks or whatever. So it was my party trick. And I, and I kept hearing this feedback from people, which is like, that was amazing. Or Mm. wow. Like they were surprised that it would be so meaningful. Yeah. And eventually I had this realization. And so one of my biggest breakthroughs was when I had this sort of vision and the divine basically challenged me and was like, how many times do I have to tell you you're amazing before you'll believe me? Mm. And I'm like, you haven't told me I'm amazing. There was no like writing in the walls and fire and the burning bush wasn't talking to me. And I haven't heard the clouds part and a voice come down from heaven. So (sighs) yeah, your hand with the pentacle wasn't there. Come on. I didn't hear, you know, you say anything. Mm. And the divine spirit said to me, Every time you hear another person say that was amazing, that's me speaking. Mm. Right? Yes. What wow. if we what if all of us started listening to people's feedback, mm. positive feedback as though it's from the divine? I'll what would that what, do? Uh, just make people appreciate things more perhaps without feeling bad about it there's a weird shame in that i don't i don't understand it maybe you would be invited to really like be fully self-expressed or or step into your greatness Mm. so i was being invited to step into that greatness and then i got the really clear understanding of what humility is Mm. humility is not embarrassment humility is not um downplaying your gifts humility is putting your lamp your lantern on the table and letting the light shine and it's not putting your lantern under a basket right Right. it's being fully aware of your gifts 
and sharing them with others, not hiding them yeah, underneath. Not keeping something. them for yourself. Exactly. Or being mm -hmm. so ashamed or so like whatever that it yeah. doesn't, you know, impact people. So that was a huge realization is humility is humbly accepting and sharing my gifts mm. with confidence and with love. Pardon the interruption, but here's a special message from, well, us. Hey, Jim, let's talk about a palm reading for a sec. Oh, yeah, my favorite topic. So I don't think a lot of people necessarily think of getting a palm reading. Uh, but my palm reading with you was awesome and it actually helped with a lot of preconceived notions that I had of the craft before now. Oh, you had preconceived notions about palmistry? What were yeah. they? Yeah. So I mean, you know, I'm pretty literal. So I thought having a short lifeline might mean you have a short life. Right. And that a star on your palm is bad. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Both of those are common. You know, a short lifeline does not mean a short life. It actually means a life of uh, connection with the divine and learning and creating type of life. And a star in your palm is a sign of spiritual gift. Those are two things that are dispelled right away. I know there's a lot of things on the palm that people yeah. think are good or bad, right? There's nothing inherently negative in your palm. You can use all the tools, all the markings. They are associated with your strengths, your personality, and things you can use in your life. Absolutely. I really love that modern take on palmistry. And it actually really resonated in my reading. I think everyone would enjoy a reading from you. And dear listener, if you too would like a fantastic experience that offers insight, direction, and clarity, I highly suggest booking a session with my dear friend, James Divine. And you can find more information at thedivinedhand.com. Hey there, would you like to try one of my knitting patterns for free? You can. All you have to do is sign up for the Light From Lantern newsletter by visiting lightfromlantern.com. You'll also receive exclusive updates, promotions, and discount codes that are available only for subscribers. Sign up today and never miss a stitch. Thanks for listening. Let's jump back into our episode. Yeah, right. that's great. I mean, the fact that you really heard it and, you know, listened, that's that's where the change happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hope that sharing this story helps other people be inspired to listen to. I think so. I mean, listen I certainly, differently. I was, I, I was one of those same people, you know, for a long time. I wasn't like, I guess, afraid to share, you know, the fact that I did tarot with people just right. because uh, I got so many initial responses um, when I first started that were so negative um, and that made like people afraid that mm. I was like, oh, well, this isn't worth it to like freak people out so much. So um, so I just packed it up and made it my own personal thing until I realized that's their problem. So and that by, you know, us um, embracing things like that, it becomes normal, you know, just like right. talking about sex, just like talking about women's death. periods. I mean, like, and death, <laughs> yes. yes, like literally everything. So yeah. Um, yeah, you gotta take the shame out of it from yourself first and then be the example to others, I suppose. I love that you said that. Take the shame out of it and be the example for others. And I think we need, I need, I need you and everyone listening to be the example of fully embracing your gifts and right. letting your freak flag fly. Absolutely. Yes. You are right? the best at being you. So just yeah. do that. I, yeah. And I just think that that's so, there's nothing more inspiring than someone who's just so authentically them. 
Well, that's what I thought when I first met you, Jim. We were oh. just talking about that earlier. I saw you yeah, on your I mean, live stream, and I was like, that guy looks like he's exactly that guy. If I were to meet him, this is not an act. This is his, like, actual energy level. He's like a – he looks like yellow. So um, I want to hang with him. And Wait, what does that mean, he looks like yellow? You just look, like, happy and fun and, like, joyful. You just look like all the yellow properties of a thing. I don't know. I just – <laughs> to me, you look like yellow. That's all I can say. Whatever that I means. I look like how you <laughs> experience the color yellow. Happy, yeah, exactly. Cheerful, joyful. Yeah. Indeed. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're yellow. You're I'm yellow. I'm used to that term, which is that's... cowardly. I know, right? It's kind of funny that it would be noted as cowardly when it's right, like when it's really such a the cheerful... opposite. Is that your favorite color, yellow? It is one of mine. Yeah, actually. Oh, my mm-hmm. mom's favorite color is yellow. Yeah. Oh, I had a she yellow loves... car. Oh, I loved it so. Yeah, this is her favorite. She doesn't live in a place where these grow, but daffodils are her favorite flower Mm, because they're so beautifully yellow, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. We just had our front door painted yellow. (gasps) And it's, again, like every time you see it, it's like, (gasps) you just can't help but smile. So that's what I think of you, Jim. I can't help but smile. (laughs) Shiny, sunshiny Jimmy. Sunny Jim. Well, that's one of my nicknames is Sunny Jim. Oh, well, it's very fitting. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so fast forward, you've embraced your gifts and now you're here. What kind of offerings can people find from you? Like other than, you know, you do palmistry readings, obviously. Tell us a little right. bit more about that and other things that you offer as well. I know yeah, you do classes so, too. Yeah. So people can, uh, on my website, thedivinehand.com, um, you can book a private palm reading and discover amazing things about yourself uh, that you won't even believe. <laughs> you will believe because it's often, but yes, it's unbelievable. I mm. often am like shocked that I can look at your palm and say things about your hand that you have never told anyone mm. like that. There's feedback from people. One of the people that gave me a review said, he will know he knows things about me that even my best friend doesn't know and i was surprised by that it was that was an amazing reading where like i knew about what this person was up to because of their hand and could help her see that from a from an external perspective it helped her so much right and it was Mm. an amazing it's it was cool to be able to do that and i whenever that happens i'm I, i mean it happens at almost every reading i think at every reading yeah it's amazing. How the heck do I, how the heck does this work that I can actually do that? Right. Yeah. So one, a, a number of years ago, I thought, is this just me? Like I've developed a way of reading palms that's unique, mm. right? I'm using my degree in sociology. I'm using my understanding of psychology and mm. of social psychology and so, and the way social systems work. I'm using my understanding and my experience in magic and metaphysics and I'm blending those together um, to understand how our body language and our express, how our hands are expressing our un- our unconscious and our deep sort of metaphysical selves. Mm. And I thought, okay, is it just me? Is it just Jim that has these ex- these unique experiences, and that's why I can read this way? Or mm. is this a methodology that's a, is this a method? And B, is this method teachable? Yeah. So with those two questions, I created and sort of documented the methodology over a period of years. 
and wrote out like, how does it work? And it started with a person, a colleague who was a tarot reader, a professional tarot reader. We would often do events together. Hmm. And she was a client had asked if she could do palmistry. And she was like, instead of referring that client to me, mm. I'm kidding. No, it was off. <laughs> So she said, Jim, would you teach me how to read palms? Mm, and yeah. it was, um, it, it's cute because I think other people might have had uh, opinion around like, no, I'm not going to teach you how I do it. But I was into it. I was like, yeah, could I teach you to read palms? So I gave her the basics and she went to that party and was able to read palms mm. successfully. And she came back to me and she was like, that was amazing. And it was cool. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Exciting. So that was the, those were a series of notes just uh, on paper. Mm. And I took those and then assembled them into more and more of the sort of the rubric and the, and the methodology. Mm. From there, I thought, okay, I really want to know if this is teachable. Like I just taught someone who's already a professional reader sure. and wanted to learn like, and it just so happened as I'm thinking that I get an email out of the blue from a woman from Arizona like me, mm. who has dabbled in palmistry for her whole life, like me, and found me on the internet and was really timid. And she was, she said, I don't know if you'd ever want to like meet or talk about stuff, but I'd love to do that if you're interested. And mm. I said, yes. And so we met for sushi and she was, Brittany was my first apprentice. And so <sighs> I taught her my method and it stuck. And it's amazing to see her bring her own oh, self wonderful. to the divine hand method. Yeah. I had a second apprentice who didn't have any palmistry experience to see if someone who wasn't familiar with palmistry could do it. Sure. She's an amazing, now an amazing palm reader. That's wow. uh, Juliet. And they're, they're both on my website, Juliet and Brittany. Mm. So now from that, I teach palmistry and wow. it's wonderful. been fantastic to do. And so I'm just teaching these short, small classes on you know intro to palmistry you can find those on my website or other magical topics as mm. well but what's coming should i tell you i mean if you're willing to spill that tea what's coming is a full-on certification course Ooh. like what i did for Brittany and for juliet and so this is the apprenticeship program but sort of set up as a like a I think it's 14 or 15 weeks. Oh, I can't wow. remember how long it is, but it's a long sort it's of an intensive. deep immersion into yeah. actually, and you're actually going to read palms. So it's going to be done on Zoom and people can, they don't need it. There's no prerequisites, but you can go from zero to palm reader wow. over those period of weeks. So I'm super excited about that. Look for that in May time period, Very similar exciting. to whatever you're launching in May. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Shh. <laughs> oh, sorry. You'll know. You'll know soon. So, yeah. So, that's so I teach. And so, what people can get from me palm readings, mm -hmm. they can get teaching, they can be entertained on, you know, my Instagram. Every Tuesday, I do, I interview a mystical person, which is super fun on Instagram mm -hmm. Live. So, you can do that. And then you can find me here on Knit a Spell. That's right. Gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are just like a wealth of knowledge, which is exactly the reason I needed you here. Um, you know, I want to always learn all of the things as we I feel the same earlier. about you. I feel oh. the same about you. Oh, 
Um, so let me ask you this. Why is it, do you think the hands include so much information about us? Like, is it, why is it the hand specifically, would it be the same with like the feet or, or another body part? Like why the hands? Yeah, no, it wouldn't be the same with any other body part in my opinion. Mm. Okay. Here's why. Everything you do, mm. you're doing with your hands. So mm. let's talk about the biology. Let's just talk about um, the the physiology, the anatomy of the hand. Mm. Oh, I guess that's the third thing that I bring to palmistry is my pre-med studies because I was going to be in med school. So I'm bringing the anatomy and the body language with the metaphysics and the sociology together. So I love that sort of trifecta, right? Yeah, yeah. So your the the area of the body that has the most anatomical articulations, and that means where two bones join together, um, is the the facio-cranial structure. So your head, mm. right? Because there's all these like f- like fissures between the plates of the skull, and all these little like fissures between the face, all the stuff. But none of those are active. None of those move. They're all. St- like very stationary mm. articulations, right? right? And so they're only articulations from a from a um, anatomical perspective. They're not actually moving. Mm. You have a lot of articulations in your spinal column, which is all the bones that are connected and all the tiny muscles. Mm. And those don't those move, but they don't move with the same level of articulation as the hand. You have a a very similar number of articulations and little bones and things in your feet. But again, the feet Mm. don't move as precisely and as diversely as the hands. Mm. So although you have these places in the body that have all these like, like articulations, it's Mm. the hands that are most quote articulate in their dexterity, Mm. in their ability to move and to do different things. Expressive. Exactly. And we express ourselves with our hands, right? I'm not throwing my feet up being like, yay. (laughs) Right. That'd be something else I'd be doing. Um, I'm not like gesturing, like go that way with my big toe. Right. I would do that if I didn't have arms or hands potentially. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you have hands, yeah. You're gonna are, you're gonna use them. You use them to ride your motorcycle, play your guitar, type on your computer, hover over your mouth, knit, take care a of yourself. Shawl, yeah, exactly. Wash your body, touch your lover, hmm. um, gesture and articulate. Like you can just you can say two words with just one finger gesture, right? Yeah, you, you sure can, can just you know, good job. You can just put up that thumb. What were you thinking? What? Uh, the, ah, the I pointer finger, you. right? No. That way. Point, point, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, that way. Yeah. I'm going to walk yeah. over here. You you weren't thinking of the middle finger and the oh, F-U. No. no. Oh, no. no. I was thinking, thank you. Point at you. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. <laughs> so you have, we have these gestures that actually mean words, right? And they're really powerful. Yeah. So I mean, whole languages in just your hands. Yeah. We have sign language. It just mm-hmm. uses our hands, right? So. Gosh, yeah. The hands are incredibly powerful. There's lots of symbolism with the hands. There's a ton of magical symbolism with hands. Mm. So the hands have been sacred and and amazing like symbols and archetypes forever. And yet we don't we don't watch the hands for clues 
except in a general sense. We are, mm. we are programmed to watch your face. My unconscious mm. programming, my mirror neurons in my brain are coded to watch your face for facial expressions and micro expressions to know whether you like what I'm saying or not. Hmm. which is a problem when we're wearing masks or we're, when we're on Zoom and there's a delay, right? It's yes. part of this issue. Hmm. We are not, our mirror neurons are also coded for general body language, but not for the nuances of hand gesture. Wow. So your hands will give away all of your unconscious like self. Oh, that's why it's like a big tell when you're like a poker player or yes. like why they're so meaningful for like dancers and figure skaters yep. and it's the one who does choreography and And hula dancing oh, when you have like Oh, blowing my mind. Yeah. Yes. So hula all of dancing. these things. Oh. And so then the hands tell the story because they also will rat you out. If you start if you go from being uh in the in a desk job to like being a bricklayer Hmm. your hands are going to change every yeah. day. You're like, you know, moving those bricks and handling those bricks and your hands are going to become more muscular. The skin is going to become rougher and tougher. Mm. Yeah. You're going to, you know, totally, if you're a gardener, if you start playing guitar, you're going to hmm. get those guitar playing calluses that I can always identify. So these are things that are just like, like things that happen, but it happens on a micro level. Hmm. If you're having stress and your stress level has changed, your hands are going to be gripping that steering wheel and you're going to be to work yeah. or, oh. or doing something and it's going to show up. So yeah. these are all the reasons why and more the hands ends, end up being a really amazing way to read uh, people. So then we have the metaphysical side, which is each of the fingers is associated with a planetary archetype. Mm. And it's funny how the planetary archetype matches how we use the finger in our society. So yeah. the index finger is Jupiter. Jupiter is seen as the leader, as uh, authority, but also, I mean, I think of Zeus, the ancient mm. Greek, right? But yeah. also in more modern times in astro astro astrology, would think of it as expansion and luck and fortune. And that's how we expand things. We use that index finger to pry things open. We point the way and direct people with that index finger. Oh, and yeah. so I, I don't want to get into all the nuts and bolts of it now, but basically every finger matches how we use it in society. And it just is mind-blowing. In a society that doesn't even believe it, <laughs> most of them. Exactly. <laughs> but it's still true, yep. even if you don't believe it. Yeah. Gosh, that's an and that's incredible. I mean, I'm thinking like again, another tie to knitting. Making a project, let's say you're making <clears throat> a pair of socks. You make one pair or you make one sock prior to Christmas. You make the other after Christmas. The one you made before Christmas is like half the size because it's so knit, so tight because you're stressed from all the things that you're doing prior to all the, the holiday, whatever. And then afterwards, it's done. You do your second sock. It's twice as big because you were loose and hanging out. So even your uh, stress level is reflected in in what you're doing with your hands. That's incredible. Gosh, I had never thought of that. It's This is why the collab between knitting and palmistry is such an interesting idea. Yeah. Right? I mean, you I do mean, more than palmistry, magic, but, but you... Uh, yeah, and yeah, you do more than knitting. That, well, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is, this is why this whole podcast came to be, because this is nuggets of knowledge you need to know. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, gosh. It's so cool. Is, uh... Well, I do think about that, like, 
And, it, and that's part of what we talked about last time is like, if you're going to knit, if you're going to make something, mm. what's the energy and intent that's going in yeah. and what's the hand, like, could you do a hand gesture or a sigil or a modern mudra, mm. if you will, yeah. to sort of set the tone for what you're about to do. And yeah, one of the things that you and I were talking about, which we still haven't done is analyze hand positions while knitting. Oh yeah. What is the sort of what is the um what in what unconscious mudra are you expressing as you pick oh, or as you yeah. throw based mm. on how you knit right or if you're more of a lefty or a righty i'm sure there's ways right but oh, yeah. anyway well, that we'll have to great. save that yeah. for a future episode Absolutely. is that what you were thinking yeah maybe even like a little lecture or something we could do a little booklet so yeah <laughs> stay fun. tuned guys if you're interested send me a quick email just to let me know <laughs> awesome jim well gosh yeah i really appreciate you uh spilling your guts today Anything it's been else? so much fun to yeah. like share who i am and have you interview me usually it's... the tables are on the other way around <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to flip the script a little bit yeah yeah awesome all right well anything else we need to know about you before we go Nope. Find me on, on the internet. Well, where can people find you on the internet? Well, you can find me at Light From Lantern on all of the social medias, including lightfromlantern.com. And you can find more information about Knit a Spell in our upcoming episodes at knitaspell.com. Go figure. Go figure. Awesome, Jim. Well, I appreciate your time again, and uh, we'll see everybody again next week. See you next week. All right. Bye. That brings us to the end of our episode. Now it's up to you to share this podcast with your friends. You could be the person who knew about us before we were cool. Just point them to knitaspell.com to learn more.